Hey, Peaches. Hi, Peaches. Welcome to Let's Talk Peaches, the podcast. We're your hosts, Nicole and Lindsay. Let's Talk Peaches is a community where all humans come to have raw, authentic, open, and respectful conversations about various topics. Nothing is off the table. All topics are welcome. Get ready to dive in and explore the uplifting as well as the extremely uncomfortable. Be sure to come back and check us out every week. We put out new episodes every Monday. If you're new, thank you so much for tuning in and welcome. And if you're a returning peach, thank you so much for tuning back in. We appreciate that so much. We appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, we appreciate so much appreciation. All right, let's dive into the episode. Hey, peaches. Hi, peaches. Welcome back for another episode of Let's Talk Peaches, the podcast. How's everyone doing this week? Yeah, check in. We went down to the shore today. It was a rainy day today. But we did. Oh my that. god. We went. We went. We did a little shopping spree today. We did. I am such a sucker for Kate Spade. <laughs> I can't, especially the outlet. The outlets they're, they're like, always it's like 60% off with an with additional, additional 20%, 20% off. off. I was like, how can I say no to an 80% off bag? It's the cutest bag I've ever seen in my entire effing life and it's only $50. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She was in the in the lady she was, was so on, on it. On she had it. Her she you saw know, Lindsay just holding just and looking at the bag being like, "Hmm, this is cute." And she's like, "Do you want me to do a price check on that with her little calculator?" And we were like, "Okay." okay. <laughs> and she, That'll be, that's a $50 bag. And Lindsay was like, oh, oh my God. And then it was really funny because not a minute later, she walked up we to had someone. moved on and somebody was looking at the same exact bag. And she was like, and she's yeah. like I just price checked that one. It's $50. And the, 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 the girl, girl was goes, like, oh, shit. Holy shit. <laughs> I think they got the bag. Yeah, too. Yeah. And we were deciding between two bags. And, um, and then, of course, we had to get matching wallets for the bag that were also 70. 60 and then 20% off. Yeah. So we were like okay i'm not i'm not ashamed no i think they're cute bags we haven't done any fun shopping we haven't done any fun shopping in like a year yeah i haven't used a person forever however Mm -hmm. this bag makes me happy (laughs) (laughs) we also cute so the one that i got in case anyone is wondering the one i got has like this wicker maybe we'll just post pictures of the bag yeah i think that would be nice you guys let us know do you want (laughs) to see the bags because we love them. We'd love to share them with you. I think they're, I feel like they're my inner spirit coming out. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm ready to showcase this bad boy. Yeah. This bad girl. It's really nice. I, and it's just like, you're not sure about the bag. You're not sure about the bag. And then you put it on and you look at yourself and you're I'm like, oh my God, this is a reflection of my personality on the outside and I must have it. No. So you see, for me, it wasn't like that because oh, I was see? in like leggings and. Oh no. Well, I just and had my jacket on. I was just like, this no, is No, but me. you looked like, you looked this everyday casual me. cute. You know, you had your jacket on, your jeans, jeans on, on mm-hmm. white tee, gold accents. Me, I looked like I just came back from the gym and I was True. uncute. All, all, I looked like but I you had, had a cute just jacket on. Your raincoat was cute. I, it looked like I had just awoken from a nap and I could not see myself with the bag even while holding the bag. But, but I know. I put the bag on and you were like. Well, I did see you with the bag, but I also see myself in the bag, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I feel like each bag is a nice accent for different things. It goes so. nicely with. Um, we, also we also got, got stress spray. We got stress relief, aromatherapy, essential oil mist from Bath and Body Works. Uh huh. Because that was also at the outlet. Yeah, and we've that been we a little, went to. I feel like we've been the two of us have been just a wee tad bit stressed. Mm. Yeah. But anywho, I guess that that kind of. I mean, I don't know. Is there anything else? from this week that we want to share I don't think so no it was pretty chill week and 
the sh- this shopping excursion I think was, spiciest was the most spicy thing to reveal. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, let's move on to the topic of this week, which is let's talk life and mindset. Mm-hmm. This Who's is ready re- because we all have minds and we all have a life. This one really resonated with me. I think if you're someone that is looking to make a change in your life, if you're feeling bored, frustrated with your day to day, this is a really good one for you. Mm-hmm. Samantha, we speak with Samantha. She's Samantha Daily on Instagram and you should definitely check her out. She's got a podcast of her own. She's got a fun Instagram page, but and and we just we really enjoyed her approach. Yeah. To everything. I left this conversation feeling really energized about just tackling my life, you know, just like putting good energy into myself, into the world. Yeah. Feeling really good, mm-hmm. inspired. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it just proves that she knows what she's talking about. She's good at what she does. Yeah, yeah. So she just she spreads good energy, yep. I think. And mm-hmm. I think it's really valuable. It's a good listen. I'm mm-hmm. really excited to share it with all you peaches. Yeah, we hope that you guys get something valuable from it. I, I think that you will. Yeah. Um yeah. Yeah. And as always, I I always like to just give a little <laughs> a little disclaimer that yes, this was recorded at seven AM in the morning when we are not at our prime. Um, I, we do, I mean, we do fine. We do fine. But you'll it's notice just, it's in so, about, it's in so about funny. 30 seconds, you'll hear a very hoarser version <laughs> of ourselves. Yeah. It's just laugh, laugh it off with us. Um, we do perk up. <laughs> Anyone relate? Anyone else? But not a morning person, no matter how hard you try. Mm. We talk about All so many goodies in here. Let us know what you think of the convo. Be sure to share it with anybody if you if you if it resonates with you. If you think it would resonate with anyone else, there is definitely yeah. someone in mind as she's speaking. And as we were listening back to the edited version, definitely share the episode with any of your friends, family, whatever. If if you feel like it could resonate with them, because mm-hmm. like I said, I really I really do. I did enjoy this conversation. Mm-hmm. I agree. With that said, we'll queue up Sam. We'll bring on. We'll bring Sam in. All right, Peaches, we have Sam with us. Hi, Sam. Hi, how are you guys? Good, how are you? I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, Yeah. no, thank you so much. We're super excited for this episode. Oh, for sure. We love like mindset and perspective things so we're all about we're all about that <laughs> yes we like to start out by asking like what's up peach so how's your day going how's your, how's week, your going? week going we were just chatting a little bit before we hit record and sam is in madrid so super fancy yeah super nice <laughs> super fancy i don't know how fancy it is the the novelty wears off whenever you move somewhere mm-hmm. and live there for a while the first yeah. time that I traveled here I definitely felt like oh my god so amazing so magical like I, I really fell in love with the city because it is a very cool place and it still is but I've been here for almost five years at this point so it just kind of feels normal but yeah the weather's starting to get really nice here spring is coming the, something about Madrid specifically is the sky is always so blue like the brightest blue color rarely ever any clouds like just that pure blue sky so it's been giving me good vibes the change in season here for sure did you just decide to move to madrid or did you move for work or why did you pick up and move to madrid i studied spanish all through school i started in middle school and i studied it through high school and then i took advanced placement and i got you know college credit and was considered proficient so i decided when i went to college that i would use it as a minor of study just to kind of keep up with it and hopefully have the chance to study abroad. Like I knew I needed my parents' help (laughs) if I wanted to study abroad. So I was like, the only way they're ever going to do that is if there's a 
educational reason mm-hmm. for it. It's for school. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And also I was good at it. I succeeded in it and I enjoyed it. So I was like, I don't want to lose all of the progress that I've made by, you know, not looking at it and not studying it for the next four years. Cause I think that's mm-hmm. what happens to a lot of people is they make some progress and then you just lose it if you don't use it. So I was like, okay, I'm going to keep it as a minor and hopefully that will bring me to Spain or some other Spanish speaking country. But I really wanted to come to Spain. My junior year, I came here and I studied abroad for a semester. So I was here from February until May. And while I was here, I met my boyfriend who we've been together for six years now. So we like dated, I mean, you can't even really call, can you call it dating what we did while I was here? I don't really know. But there was was no intention of that being a a long living thing. So I left and I went back home to finish my degree at, at Ohio State. And that year we kind of like stayed in contact and we talked a lot and we caught up with each other over FaceTime. And then we did a couple of trips back and forth. Like he came to the US and visited me at school and I came back to Madrid around Christmas time. We traveled a little bit around Spain. So then it was like a relationship. It was Mm -hmm. this thing. I had previously thought that maybe I would want to move back to Spain after my study abroad experience because I loved it here. And I just felt like the four months was not enough time, not only to get all the traveling in that I wanted to, but also to really gain full fluency in the language, which was a lifetime goal that I had essentially. And then also now there was this thing, this guy. (laughs) So all of that combined was really the thing that pushed me to be like, okay, I'm going to look for opportunities and things that I can do and try and get back to Spain. And so when I graduated from school, it was like a really hard decision, but I like declined my corporate job offer in Chicago, which was a dream city that I wanted to live in. Ooh, so exciting. You know, that's the whole goal when you graduate is, are you going to get a job? And I was like, nah, I think I'm going to go and move to Spain and teach English (laughs) in like an elementary school and, you know, earn literally no money and just (laughs) hope it works out. Yeah, that's the kind of the journey and story of how I got here. And I was teaching English for a while before I ultimately transitioned into what I do now, which is life and mindset coaching. So yeah, and I have my residency here now, which is amazing. I'm not a citizen, but I am able to stay here and travel in and out really easily. So that's kind of the the, the story. Oh my God. Well, it sounds like it was worth it turning down the corporate job and doing what you wanted to do. Yeah, I think so. I think so. It paid off. And I think there was a lot of people that probably doubted that. Obviously, I wanted to come to Spain, but you know, one of the main driving forces was this idea of this relationship. And I think people looked at that and were like, why are you doing that? You know, like you're going to leave all this behind or totally change your career path for this chance of, you Mm -hmm. know, a person. A few years ago, I feel like the idea of turning down the secure option was oh, yeah. was very – It was still was, pretty it's still, taboo. It's, I feel like people are becoming a little bit more open to paving your own path and not just setting up shop in a corporate job. Yeah, I didn't really know anybody else that was doing that. <laughs> I always say this. I was the only one that messed around in a dating app and changed my whole life. <laughs> like, <laughs> YOLO, I guess. <laughs> YOLO! <laughs> So onto the topic of the episode, which is life and mindset. Do you want to roll through what you do and exactly what that means? And yeah. Sure. Yeah. Like you said, I'm a life and mindset coach now. And in terms of what I do personally with that is I help coach millennial women who are moving through maybe a difficult time or transitional period in their life. A lot of the people that 
come to me are looking to learn more about themselves to get reconnected to themselves or improve their relationship to self. They are looking to improve their relationships with others or, you know, attract a partner or improve the relationships that they already have with friends, family, uh, romantic partners. They are feeling stuck or confused in their careers and they want to reroute or make a change or quit their job or start a business. So I really work with the, the women who are in that space of wanting to create change in their life. Like they've come to the realization that what they have maybe is not good or maybe it is good, but they want more. So, you know, those are kind of the main themes that I think I work on with my clients personally. And the way that I do that is, you know, through a couple of different modalities, but I have several online courses. My main signature offer is called From Burnt Out to Badass. And this is Mm. called, it's called the Life Transformation Course because it's essentially all of the tools and modalities and information and content that I have found throughout my journey in life to be really, really useful in creating effective and long-lasting change in yourself and in the world around you and your experiences and your job and your relationships and all that stuff. So this is, you know, a three-month program that you move through and it has everything that I've ever really like learned and touched and I'm constantly updating it and there's lifetime access and, you know, video trainings and all kinds of journaling and action steps and coaching calls. And it's a whole beautiful transformational experience essentially. And then, you know, I, I also do one-on-one coaching. So when women are, they want to go deeper, they want to do more, they want to create more in their lives or change more, attract more, heal more. They can work with me one-on-one and, and we do coaching sessions like that virtually over Zoom. So yeah, that's kind of the the main gist, I guess, of what I do and what my work looks like and who the people I work with are. That's amazing. What made you decide, this is for me, this is what I have to do, this is how I'm going to pay my gifts forward to the world? So when I first moved to Madrid to be here full-time, I was really on my own journey of personal development and trying to get reconnected with myself and build a stronger sense of self-acceptance and self-love. You know, after that initial kind of like study abroad period, when I came back to the States to finish my degree, I was just a mess because I had gained a bunch of weight and I felt really not myself. It was almost like I I didn't see it happening at all while it was happening because I was just having so much fun, (laughs) like Mm -hmm. traveling and eating all the foods and drinking all the alcohol and partying and doing all the things. And then it came back and I was like, whoa, what happened? (laughs) This is awful. And that kind of led me through this cycle of you know, restricting calories and trying to change my diet all the time and then ending up binging on the weekends and, you know, counting the calories in wine and weighing myself all the time and using a waist trainer and measuring all of my body parts and taking Mm. progress photos. And, you know, it was this whole cycle of I'm all in, I really want to create change. And then, oh my God, this sucks. I'm just going to like live my life and do whatever. And it was constantly one after the other. So I was never really getting anywhere. And it created some, some bad mindsets in terms of how I thought about myself, how I felt about myself, my inner talk, my, you know, my inner voice. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. when I moved to to Madrid to be here full time, I was like, I need to get this sorted because, you know, it had been a year at that point of me really trying to figure out what was going to make me feel better and and nothing was really working. So that's how I got started in my own personal development journey. 
like learning to, to listen to my body more and do more intuitive movement rather than trying to force myself or punish myself through exercise. And, you know, I started meditating and using affirmations and doing all these, reading all the books, listening to podcasts and, and creating my own change for myself. And when I really integrated that and felt the changes on a, on an internal level for myself, and I was waking up every day feeling happy and good about myself and confident and, you know, inspired by the life around me. I was like, wow, this feels so different than how I felt before. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people are in that place that I was in before and I want to help them. Mm -hmm. How can I share this? How can I spread this? How can I, you know, reach my hand back and like pull those women along and kind of speed up that process for them? Because it was sort of this long and tumultuous journey for me to figure out what the frick actually works, Mm -hmm. you know? So that was, I guess, the motivating factor of why I wanted to do that was I wanted to help other people have that experience, but not have to look in a million places to figure it out, right? That's the yeah. idea of my signature program is, hey, all the books and all the podcasts and all the modalities and all the tools and all the content and all the stuff that took me forever to figure out, here it is, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, follow it and mm-hmm. you will change your life, right? So that's the that's the idea behind it. I feel like so many people like you are in yeah like so many people I feel like are where I was before and as you're saying as you were describing where you were before I was like oh we've all been there and if we're not Uh currently there now and just like a certain part of the cycle it's really easy to get trapped in the hamster wheel of societal standards and what is happiness where is my happiness yeah I think the idea of the American dream is changing it's like hard to take yourself out of that so when when we have people that deviate from the get married, buy a house, do the babies, get a job, have a fluffy savings so that you're covered in the future. Th- those are all things that you can be grateful for and things. But ultimately, if you're not happy, then it's not what you're here to do. You need to be making sure you need to make sure that you're building into your life purpose or you're happy in that way. And so what is that? How does that work? And what I heard a lot when you told your story is this idea of of self-love. How do you get really in tune with yourself and the confidence and celebrating yourself, being able to celebrate yourself? I feel like like that's really hard for a lot of women, especially today. That's so true what you said about the American dream changing. You know, I think for our parents, probably the the big shiny goal for them that they were given that was provided to them, right, that was programmed for them was the nice house and nice mm-hmm. family and financial security and good jobs, right? And I think our generation very much so was also given that programming. That was definitely our shiny object that we were all kind of moving towards. Running after. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think now it definitely is shifting as, you know, millennials are starting to realize I can have all those things and still feel like garbage, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Like yeah. I can actually have a house and a family and a good job and financial security and also just still not feel satisfied and not feel fulfilled. Yeah. So like, where does that come from? What is that? And I think it, our generation is the movers and shakers that are starting to be like, okay, it's not enough. So what else, right? Like what, what could I do to create more fulfillment? And it is more about that daily sense of happiness and joy and fulfillment more so than what does everybody else think that I should have by now? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. hundred percent. 
what would you say is the biggest difference between something that you do in being a life and mindset coach and a therapist? Yeah, I think this is a really great question. And I was actually just talking about this the other day with my mom because she is in therapy right now. And we were just chatting. She obviously knows I'm a coach. And we were chatting about that. And I think, and I've heard other people talk about it in this way too. My perspective is that, you know, therapy and coaching are similar, but they are different, right? They're obviously different. And I don't think it's one or the other. I think they are two things that really complement each other quite well. And I know a lot of people that do both. So it's not one is better than the other at all. But I think in my mind, therapy is more of looking into the past and finding those patterns and uncovering maybe the traumas or experiences that have sort of created the negativity or the challenges in your life. And so there's a lot of looking back and there's a lot of reflection and processing and talking about it, right? And that's that's such an important process to do. And I think where coaching differs from that is sometimes we do things like that in coaching. Sometimes we will ref- reflect back to childhood and, and experiences and, and things like that. But I think coaching stands out in, in the sense that it's like, okay, now that we've built self-awareness around what has gone on, and how that's impacted us, what now, right? Like, what are we going to do with that information? Rather than just looking at it and talking about it and kind of verbally processing it, how are we going to alchemize it? That's the best mm. word that I can uh, I can use is we know these things about ourselves now. So now what, right? How do we create change? How do we move forward, right? It's that that idea of progression and forward momentum. I think that's mm. the biggest distinction that I can make. It sounds like it's it's for the doers of the world. You know what I mean? I'm in therapy currently and I totally agree. I think therapy is a lot about finding especially what you said about finding patterns and a lot of the times you your patterns relate back to traumas that you've had or whatever and it's less so about i mean it is about the future you do talk about the future but it's more it's more about the patterns and if your patterns are negative or not so coaching and maybe signing up for one of your courses would be shaping your life around what you want in the future and like how we can grab that. Yeah. I think it's interesting that you said it's for the doers of the world. Cause like I said, I was talking to my mom about this and she was like, I don't know. Like, I think therapy, she's like, it's good, but I just want to do something. She's like, I need Mm -hmm. homework. I'm a doer. Mm -hmm. She's like, I don't feel the progression because I feel like I'm just revisiting the same themes over and over again, which, you know, there's value in, in doing that, right. There's value in fully processing things. And I, and like I said, I don't think they're mutually exclusive, but Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting that you just said it's for the doers. Cause my mom literally used that exact word. She was like, I'm a doer. I just want to do something. Give me homework, Like, give me a task. How do I move forward? How do I improve more than just, you know, talking about my, my trauma or my, or my, my patterns. Yeah. It's so interesting. Yeah. I think a therapist is your, your handy person in your pocket to like, make sure that you feel okay. Your past isn't getting in your way. You know what I mean? (laughs) And like, how do you make sure that that doesn't get in your way? And sometimes those patterns pop up and you're like, Oh snap. (laughs) Yeah. But that helps you build, that helps you build the awareness around it. Right. Cause before you go to therapy, you're just complete autopilot. You have no conscious idea of why you're doing the thing that you're doing, but your therapist helps you build awareness 
around, oh, this is a pattern for me. And this is why this is where it comes from. And that really does help to start to create change. But there's also other things that you can do to kind of move that process along. Exactly. Totally agree. Retweet. (laughs) (laughs) We kind of talked about how you became a life coach. You moved to Madrid and absorbed all of this knowledge. And would you say that there's anything else in tandem with that of how you became and how you actually started and like took the first step to becoming this coach? When you moved to Madrid, did you have a job lined up there or did you have to quit a job to become a coach or what was that process like? Yeah. So when I first moved here, I did have a job lined up. Like I mentioned, I was teaching English. So that was my first kind Mm -hmm. of entry point to be able to get into Spain because those programs allow you to be on a student visa. So the, the, Mm -hmm. you know, the teaching program is they frame it as you are interning in the school, right? And that's how they can provide you a student visa through a university in Spain. And then your salary is more of like a student grant that you get monthly. So I did that for a year. And then at the end of that year, I was able to get my residency through my partner. So he was able to help me have residency in Spain. And once you have residency, then you can, you're, you're not a student any longer. So you are able to work in any sort of like institution. So I started to look for other types of, of jobs. So I moved to a specialized English academy where I was teaching adults and local actors and singers Mm. and business people. And that like paid a little bit better. So that was enticing. But then I absolutely hated that job. So Mm. I quit that job. Um, And then I got an internship with an influencer who was running yoga and meditation retreats. And Mm. I was like, wow, this feels really aligned. That's super cool. I want to work on that. And so I did that. And it was unpaid. So I was doing this at the same time as I was working in this academy. And, you know, this internship was unpaid, but I was like, I feel like this could go somewhere. This is kind of the direction that I want to move in, right? These are the things Mm -hmm. that I'm passionate about, Mm. you know, and they paid for me to go to Mykonos and to Bali and run yoga retreats with them. And it was an amazing experience. But then, and so I ended up actually, they turned that into a paid position for me. So when I quit the academy job, I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know what I'm going to do. All I have is this unpaid internship. And about a month later, they were like, we want to make you a full-time paid employee. And I was like, Uh, yes. Oh my God. The universe is really working out for me. Like this is incredible. Hell yes. So, you know, (laughs) it became a paid position and I was like, this is a job of a lifetime. This is so cool. I love this. And you know, I did that for a couple more months. And then a few days before my 25th birthday, my boss's partner who was part of the business, but he wasn't my direct boss, called me on Skype in the morning and was like, we're going to have to let you go. Today, you're done. Like today's the last day. Like you don't need to come to work. That's just it. And that was one of those moments where your stomach drops and you're just like, I'm totally unemployed. I left all of my teaching jobs and everything else that I, you know, kind of had for the hopes of this opportunity working out. You invested your time in them and yeah, that's a bummer. Yeah. And I mean, I, I did, I work, I worked unpaid for them for about six months and like, it really felt like it was such an aligned fit. So that was a moment. And I tell this story 
quite often because it's a moment where my faith, everything that I had been, you know, kind of learning and preaching up to this point of trust the universe, take risks, it'll work out. When I got that paid position, I was like, oh my God, this is it. Like, this is what they mean when they say jump and, you know, the universe will Mm -hmm. catch you. You know, I quit that other job without anything lined up and I did, I was caught. Mm -hmm. I, this thing came through. And so I was like, this was the alignment. This was supposed to be it. So then when, when it wasn't, I was really tested in that idea of, is that actually true? Does that actually work? Jump and the universe will catch you. Like, who are you to like teach that and believe that if it's not really working out for you? But the thing about getting fired from that job was that was the catalyst to everything that I'm doing now. That was the thing that made me be like, I don't want to go back to teaching English. I want to do something that inspires me. I want to keep working in yoga and meditation and mindset. And so I started a newsletter and I got more serious about, you know, posting on my blog. And I ultimately did have to get another teaching job to supplement as I was on my journey towards sort of building something that could sustain me. But losing that job was the thing that made me start to actually create and move forward and write eBooks and all that stuff to eventually be able to become a coach and ultimately do this full time Mm. and leave my job. In terms of, you know, logistical things that I did to become a coach, I got certified online. I have a life coaching certificate. And then I also did my 200 hour yoga teacher training, which I always wanted to do. So that was an amazing experience. And, you know, I've continued my learning and studies through my my own coaches and mentors. And I plan to, you know, always keep learning and expanding Mm -hmm. and learning new modalities to help my clients with. That's kind of how I did it and how I got here. And I think the the, the pandemic was a huge assist Mm. in being able to go full time in my business because we were forced to, you know, lock down and work from home. Mm -hmm. And because I was in in an assistant teaching role at that time, you know, I had some support materials and things that I had to help my teachers with and prepare for them and kind of send, but I was not working nine to five like I was at the school before. So I had all this time where I could really like go all in on creating this business. And that allowed me to, to ultimately quit teaching and just be a full-time coach. I think a lot of people can relate to the pandemic being, you know, whilst the pandemic was tragic and not yeah, the best, yeah. it, it refocused us and it gave us opportunities that we didn't once have. For example, we started this podcast in the midst of, in the thick of, of the pandemic because we had time, because we were like sitting at home doing nothing, watching Netflix, being like, I've got to do something more than just sit on my couch and watch Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. So I totally relate in yeah. that sense. As you were saying... You were like, I was, I had this mindset of, you know, jump and the universe will catch you. And I I had the same thought. I was like, yeah, you were never more tested than the time where the rug was ripped out from under you. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the guests that we've had on are like, I couldn't see, you know, all of the, we had all of these different points in life. And it wasn't until I got to the place where I wanted to be that I saw all of the dots connected and everything aligned and it really made sense. And so that's where... I guess life is always kind of setting you up and you don't really realize it at first. But I think that's also an interesting mindset to have, even when you're not at your goal. It's just like, because I think there are a lot of people out there right now that are like, I don't want to do this job anymore, but I don't really know what I want to move into. I don't really know where I want to go from here because we haven't explored 
those passions. We haven't given ourselves permission to explore other passions. We've just been, what's going to make me money? What's the safe choice? Or And I don't think it even comes up as the safe choice, or maybe it's not It's not always a safe choice, but it's this is the pattern that I'm supposed to go down. And we haven't given ourselves that permission to explore, like, if you want to be a dancer, if you want to be, if you want to be a coach of your own, if you like all of these things. I know that we have friends that haven't even given themselves a, the time and space to do so. A question that I have is you said that you've gotten a lot of, it sounds like you've gotten a, like a lot of clients throughout the pandemic or a lot of your clients are like dealing with things from the pandemic. And I'm curious what kind of themes you've seen in your clientele that maybe some listeners could relate to? <laughs> yeah, I think I kind of mentioned some of them at at the beginning, but for sure the pandemic was the catalyst for a lot of these women yeah. as well to be like, whoa, I don't really like what's happening in my life for whatever reason. And I, I feel like, you know, it's not fulfilling me. And a lot of people have had those aha moments and realizations in this time period. So I think in that way, it is sort of, or it has been a blessing in disguise for a lot of people. So, you know, a lot of the women that like came to me during the pandemic and even now, I think are in that space of realizing a lot of the, a lot of the themes are, I don't like my job. I don't like my career. Like there's so many of those. It's a lot. They re- they're realizing that they are working in a toxic work environment or that they are not passionate about what they do or they like the field that they're in, but they don't like the specific role that they have. They don't feel fulfilled by it. Or maybe they they have issues with compensation, like really realizing their worth and being like, I don't feel like this is an equal energetic exchange Mm -hmm. anymore. Like I feel like I'm giving so much more than what I'm getting Mm -hmm. back in dollars. Right. And that's a very important thing too. So I've helped some of those women, you know, negotiate and go in and talk to Mm. HR and raise their salaries and get promotions and get raises, which is incredible because I think there's this overwhelming mindset at the moment of there's no jobs. You should be, you're lucky. If you even have something, you should be grateful. You should just feel glad that you have something and not complain and suck it up. And while I'm not discounting the fact that there obviously is, you know, an increase in unemployment and there's a drop in, you know, availabilities and openings for positions and jobs, all that stuff is real, but it's not a blanket scenario, right? There's not, it's not every company, every business, everything everywhere is not hiring or not willing to give raises. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, and if we look at it that way, then that will be what you experience because that's what you're looking for. You're like, oh, there's nothing right? When you, when you think there's nothing, you're not going to find anything. So that has been a big theme with these clients is trying to shift some of those mindsets around what they can have and create even during this time that is more maybe economically constricting or tough for a lot of people. Another theme is really big is um, relationships. People questioning, am I with the right person? Is this the right relationship for me? Or gosh, why have I been single for so long? This is ridiculous at this point. Like, I just want to like figure this out. How do I attract the right person? Why do I keep meeting all these D bags? Mm-hmm. And you know, what, where are the good guys at? Like, that's definitely a big theme for people too. And, and the pandemic has kind of raised some questions about, you know, maybe people who are resistant to online dating yeah. before being like, oh my God, well now this is the only thing that there is essentially, depending on where you are, obviously. 
But then fear is around that of like, how do I date online? I don't like it. I feel like it's sleazy. I feel like it's icky. I feel like there's not good people on those apps. So I think those two themes are some of the biggest that I've encountered during this this time. I mean, I think those total. I relate to you re- both. You resonate. Of, well, I'm just <laughs> like you, when you're at home, you have like nothing yeah. to distract yeah. you, mm-hmm. and especially like all you're doing all day is work. All, uh, yeah, everything just thinking, bl- blends together. Because when I was I was laid off at the very beginning of the pandemic, and so even when I wasn't employed, I was like thinking all I could do is think about the fact that I wasn't employed. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm not surprised at all that no. those are the topics what, <laughs> no what would you what would you say to a woman or a, just a human who doesn't love the job that they're in or I loved how like you got specific he doesn't love the position loves the like loves the place the industry that they're in but they don't love their specific role but they don't know kind of how to move away from that they don't know what the next step is what would be kind of step one to getting to like a better space. Yeah. So I take my clients through who are struggling with career stuff through a series of exercises that really help them build clarity around why it is that they're unhappy. So like you just said, like what actually is it? Right. Cause I think there's a lot of people who can be like, I hate my job, but then it's like, okay, why? Right. What, where, what are the specifics there? So let's go through the company. Let's go through the pay. Let's go through the culture. Let's go through your management. Mm-hmm. Let's go through your role and your daily tasks and the time commitment and the commute. And let's really unpack all of the elements to this experience and figure out what it is that is wrong about it for you. And that isn't a fit. And by doing that, we get a lot clearer on, on what is actually creating the dissonance there and why they feel like it's not a fit. And also it helps you figure out if I do want to change jobs or change positions within this company, because that's an option too. But it's like, what would actually make me feel happy? What would actually make me feel more fulfilled, right? You need to know mm-hmm. that because a lot of people take a blind mm-hmm. jump from one job to the next, hoping that different. just because it's shiny and new, it's going to be different. And it's like, that's not usually the case the pattern is going to continue until you are very laser focused about these are my needs and I'm going to look for a role that meets these Mm -hmm. needs. Because if you don't do that, you're just going to have another job that's different, but you also don't like it. And then you'll start to get in your head about maybe I just don't like any job. Maybe working Mm -hmm. is is never going to feel good for me. Maybe it's me. Maybe I'm just a baby. Maybe (laughs) I'm lazy. Maybe I need to suck it up. Like maybe work is just hard and that's just Mm -hmm. it. You know, and, and I think a lot of people do get to that place because they've done one, two, three or four jobs and they're like, I don't like any of this. I think I'm just broken or picky or something, <laughs> yeah, right? How it is. We get sad and we call it adulting. <laughs> so identify the problem or problems, like the problematic themes, and then also identify what you do like, what would make you happy, what would make your heart sing in a daily and then go from there. <laughs> Try try some stuff out or get Sam involved in a little, a little less like throwing a dart into the into the sky. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think there's so much power in having a having somebody else kind of guide you through it because when you are in that place, you already feel so overwhelmed. There's already so many thoughts going through your head. There's already so many fears about money and security and what you're going to do and if it's going to work out and if it's worth it. And, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot going on in your mind already. Mm -hmm. So to have to then also for yourself research, 
how am I going to create change? What should I do? What's the process? What are the steps? It can just be exhausting, which is why it's nice to have someone who can just, you just show up to the Zoom call and I'll do it for you. Like I'll create the, you know, I can't make your decisions for you, but I'm going to guide you to get you to the place where you can make a decision that you feel connected and aligned with. Something that you talk about on your website a lot is habits and healthy habits. So I wanted to pick your brain and talk about that a little bit of how do you create healthy habits and how how do you identify an unhealthy habit? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think in terms of identifying an unhealthy habit, an unhealthy habit is anything that doesn't ultimately serve Mm -hmm. you, that doesn't make you feel good at the end. Like it might make you feel good in the moment of doing it, but then there's guilt or shame or regret or, you know, some sort of like spiral effect that happens after that. So I think, you know, most people know what their bad habits are. Hopefully, you know, it does require a certain level of self-awareness to be like, Hey, that's pattern is not really serving Mm -hmm. me. But, you know, if it's anything that doesn't feel good, or if you were to visualize kind of like your current self and then your higher self who you're trying to ascend into the next level version of you because we all we all have this version we have this future vision of like what life's going to look like when we're finally mm-hmm. there whatever mm-hmm. that means right and so if you are to kind of like tap into that next level version of yourself and be like is this something that she would be doing or entertaining and the answer is no then it's probably not like a habit that really serves you right? We want to try and do the things that our next level self would be doing so that we can get closer to becoming that version of ourselves. So that's what I would say about unhealthy habits and kind of how to identify them and and spot them. In terms of, you know, creating healthy habits, I think it's hard, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? It is hard. And I want to honor that for people because a lot of times we see, especially on social media, we see somebody posting their morning routine or their workout routine or what they eat in a day or what, like all this stuff is really common now. But what we forget is that that person isn't necessarily doing that every single day, right? They've had a moment to curate that Instagram post or that YouTube video or whatever to kind of highlight the times where they do do those things, but it doesn't mean that they're doing it all the time. And it doesn't also mean that it's not going to change or that it doesn't look as aesthetic when they're actually Mm -hmm. doing it, right? Mm -hmm. So we create this false image of what it means to create healthy habits or live a healthy life. And so my approach to healthy habits is really stop trying to copy everybody else. Like stop trying to copy everybody else's routine, even experts, you know, who write books like the 5am club or the miracle morning and all those things amazing. There's nothing wrong with that content. And it it is stuff that certainly changes people's lives and helps them. But is it going to be able to help everybody? No, because everybody is so vastly different in how they operate. Even just something as simple as your circadian rhythm. You know, like I have my students take this test that identifies your chronotype and this is your sleep type. And I didn't even know that you could have a sleep type. And I always wondered, why can I not wake up at 5.30 or 6 a.m.? I really want to like create that feeling of, oh my gosh, I've been so productive before the day fully mm-hmm. starts. And it was just so hard for me. And it's because it doesn't match my chronotype. <laughs> like my chronotype is designed to go to sleep at 11 p.m. and wake up at 7, 7.15 a.m. And that made so much sense to me. And I was like, oh, okay, I, I have permission now to just lean into that and do that. I don't need to be in the 5 a.m. Mm-hmm. club 
right? So, you know, the miracle morning or things like that, journaling, meditation, exercise, all these practices, it's so individual. So stop trying to copy everybody else. I think there's this idea that there is one, and we do this with diets too. There's, there must be one ideal formula and I just need to find it because if I can find the ideal formula, I can just apply it and then everything will be perfect. And the annoying thing is that there's not one ideal formula for anything. It's literally depends on you. So creating habits for me is all about figuring out what makes you feel good in terms of identifying what you should be doing to begin with, right? If you hate drinking celery juice, don't do it. Just don't do it. You don't need to, right? It's not necessary. If you don't like working out in the morning because you have no energy at that point and you don't feel like it's a good use of your time, then stop trying to force yourself to work out in the morning. Mm-hmm. You know, if you if you don't like journaling, stop trying to force yourself to journal when you're ultimately showing up to the journaling session kind of begrudgingly mm-hmm. being like, mm-hmm. okay, now I have to do this thing so that I can achieve my dreams. Mm-hmm. It's like, you're not going to achieve your dreams by forcing yourself to do something that irritates mm-hmm. you or that doesn't feel genuine to you. So that's what I would say in terms of choosing what you're going to focus on is figure out what actually feels good to you. Now, there's a fine line there because you could know that something is feels good to you once you do it, but still struggle to show up and create consistency with it, right? And so that is where we run into the idea of discipline and becoming your own parent Mm -hmm. and really adopting the idea of nobody is going to make me show up except for me. Yeah. So that's a responsibility that I now have to assume as an adult, right? When we're kids, our parents force us to brush our teeth and and that's how we create that habit of brushing our teeth every night and every morning. <laughs> um, and, you know, they, they force us to clean up our rooms and do our homework. If you didn't have that, you probably wouldn't do it. So what do you do now? you're flying solo, you're all on your own, you have to become your own parent. Mm -hmm. And it's a practice trying to do that. But knowing how to show up for yourself and recognize when you are choosing to do something that does serve you, there's a difference between trying to create discipline in something that you hate or that you don't like, that can be destructive and damaging, right? I used to do this with exercise all the time, because I didn't like myself. Mm -hmm. And I felt like losing weight was the only answer. And so I would force myself to show up and go to the gym and burpee myself to death. (laughs) And so, okay, great. I was creating discipline, but it was for the wrong reasons. It was for the wrong thing. It wasn't something that was serving me. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I think those two elements are really important. Yeah. I think that's, or it sounds like that's like the mindset coming into play of why you're doing something is so important. Your motivation is so important. And I can relate to the the workout thing. I think, and I would imagine you to do like, there was a point where we were just, we were going to the gym every single day right after work because, because we wanted to be skinnier or whatever. We wanted to like be, get into that. You wanted to fill a void with how you viewed yourself ultimately, right? Because right. wanting to be thinner or having a physique goal is fine, but it depends on the intention behind it. What's the energy behind it? Is the energy behind it self-loathing? I, yeah. Or is the energy behind it, this would make me feel really energized and good and lighter in my body? Yeah. I think over the last two, like year and a half-ish, 
it was like the pandemic, whatever. But like over the last couple, like year or two, our mindset, I think simultaneously kind of has shifted away from I need to do this because I'm supposed to do this and I need to look this way. And more towards, I remember when I do exercise, I feel better. My anxiety lessens. I have more energy throughout the day, the next day, all of these things. So I should be doing it because it makes me feel good in my body. And it's like, it's good for my body. It's good for me. It's a healthy thing. It can be a replenishing thing. And it doesn't have to be burpees and intense and things like we can we just just bought roller skates so like we can go outside and roller skate and be active in that way or we can we we have like a dance subscription and we bought it has like heel dancing and so we bought some some like dancer heels oh my god wait I want that oh it's so good it's called can you send it to me absolutely and it's 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 so much fun is it ten dollars a month or Um, I think it's it's a little expensive yeah I think it's a little less than that actually but they do a really good job it's online dance classes and we just set up shop in our living room put our heels on and <laughs> oh my god, wait. I've actually been looking for dance classes and I couldn't really find anything locally in Madrid that's either like open or like fits. Mm-hmm. That was mm-hmm. if it's online, I would love to do it. No, yeah, we'll, we'll send, totally it send it to you. It's called Steezy. But we'll we'll email it to you afterwards. But it's it's been fun. And I love the the instructor that does all of the heel dancing classes. She's awesome. We love her. She's got great energy. But that was, I mean, that's a fun way. We move, I sweat, I feel like I'm getting my heart rate up and things. And I feel like a boss ass bitch while I do it. You know what I mean? (laughs) And I like it's one of those things where I like I make myself feel cute and I put on my heels and I'm like, I'm moving and I'm flexing my muscles and my ego all at the same time. (laughs) It's great. And that's so that's so powerful. There's so much to be said for the energy in which you show up to a task, which is what I was kind of talking about, really revolutionizes the benefit that that task can actually have for you with exercise, with journaling, with meditation, with whatever it is that you're doing. If you show up begrudgingly, it's going to be different than when you show up because you're excited about it or, you know, it's fun for you and you're in that energy of feeling confident just because of the music and the vibe and what you're wearing and all of that like plays a huge, huge role, especially when it comes to our bodies and releasing weight, especially emotional weight. The way that you can do that more effectively is by being in joy and in excitement rather yeah. than in self-hatred. Something else that I'm finding interesting through our conversation is you're you're catering a lot towards millennial women. And I'm like, I wonder why it's millennial women, but I also, as you're speaking, I relate so much to what you're saying. And it's so interesting because I don't think we realize the power of a generation or the differences in generations until there's one below us that has proper footing. Gen Z only within the last couple of years have really like, I feel like they have a personality now and I can like, (laughs) I can see Gen Z they're like they're like turning eighteen now, aren't they? Yeah, we're they're in, we're, co- they're in college. We're on now. the borderline year, so we just turned twenty six, and we're on the we're technically millennials. But like, if we were to be born a couple of months later, we would have been, um, or like a year later, a year we later, it was ninety five, ninety six. They've started to infiltrate the uh, <laughs> the workforce, so they're getting there. Hmm. But I think millennials, it's the millennial group that's in the work world right now, like. Most of us. Well, that we're all out of college, and we're all at that. I mean, obviously, we're all at the same place. But I think just like when we were growing up, the world and society and marketing and what we were being fed and consuming is a lot different than what 
yeah. kids were exactly. are consuming now and were consuming, you know, just like a couple years ago Marketing through high powerful school. Tool. And I'm just like, wow. Wow. Because I think it really has opened up a little bit more. This idea of going, like having to look a certain way and going to the gym and watching, watching people on YouTube doing the, doing their morning routine. I'm just like, that is, wow. It's generations are so powerful. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just realizing, but I feel it. I'm really connecting to what you're saying. And I'm like, that's the millennial woman, millennial woman in me. Right. That's it. That's it. I think that's, that answers your question of like, why is it millennial woman? Because I think as a millennial woman myself, my story and ultimately my teachings are going to resonate with those people the most because they have similar programming and similar experiences mm-hmm. uh, to me. Yeah, hundred percent. So we've talked a little about a little bit about habits and maybe changing a habit. Would you say it's similar to maybe doing so with your mindset? What's a, what are good practices for changing your mindset? Maybe from going to something that's more negative to more positive. Yeah. So this is a process that I provide all of my clients with. So I'll share it with your listeners today. And it's really simple and it's really easy to implement. So this is a a reframing process. It's a way to reframe your negative thoughts towards a more positive mindset. And the thing is, it doesn't, it it doesn't necessarily just work. Like we've all probably heard of affirmations, right? Mm. But looking at yourself in the mirror or writing on paper and just being like, I love myself is not really enough to create change and actually build that into your mindset. So we do have to do a little bit deeper work in terms of getting into the subconscious mind because Mm. the subconscious mind makes up 95%, approximately 95% of our overall awareness. Wow. So (laughs) your conscious mind, essentially everything that you think that you know, everything that you can see and interpret and understand is only 5% of what's actually going on, right? So a large, large, large majority is below the surface. And this is, you can kind of relate this to the image of the iceberg, right? You see what's Mm -hmm. on top and you're like, whoa, that's massive. Meaning our perspective of the world and our thoughts and our lives, but you don't see what's below it, which is so much deeper. It's so much bigger. It's so much more powerful. So this is why it's important to do more work than just trying to like use an affirmation and have that be enough, right? Mm -hmm. We have to get into our subconscious programming and start to rewire that. But one tool that you can start to utilize is this reframing process. And why this is useful is because when you have a thought of any kind, there's neurocircuitry in your brain that are, you know, connecting, they're firing and wiring these neurons and creating neural pathways. And when you think a thought often, when you think a thought more than once, repeatedly over and over again, it becomes really easy for your brain to make that connection and to fire that thought and and use that pathway. And the neural pathways actually become deeper the more that we run that route. Mm -hmm. So if you've had a thought a lot of times, it's now going to be really easy for you to continuously think that over and over again, which is what, what happens to us a lot. Actually, the stat is that, I don't know the exact percentage, but it's like 94, something like that percent of our thoughts are the same every day, which is weird because we have this perception that every day is a new day and we have all these different thoughts. 
ultimately, you know, more than 90% of your thoughts are the same every single day. So that's how those neural pathways get really ingrained. So in order to change that, we have to create new repetition for new thought patterns and new mindsets. And so one of the ways to do this is to use this reframing process. So when you have a negative thought, you first have to build the self-awareness to recognize, oh shit, I just, you know, had that negative thought, right? You have to catch it there. Mm-hmm. And then say to yourself silently in your head, I forgive myself for thinking blank. Mm. I choose to believe that blank. Mm. And there's power in this wording. I choose to believe because you're not yet implying that it's already a belief that you hold, right? If you just say, I'm beautiful exactly the way that I am, or I'm a millionaire, mm-hmm. your bullshit radar goes off and your brain goes, no, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Right. And so what happens when we have that type of experience is we're running the the route in our brain of I'm a millionaire. And then immediately after it, we're running the route in our brain that says, no, you're not a millionaire. You have X amount of dollars in debt. You make this much per year. You're poor, like you, whatever, right? <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So it's kind of counteractive having that experience one after the other. And so the wording there is really important if I choose to believe, right? Because you're placing that autonomy on like, this is a choice, right? It's not a yeah. fact necessarily, but it's a choice that I choose to believe this way. And this is a, you know, a trick for affirmations as well. If you feel yourself having that bullshit radar go off when you're trying to use affirmations, you can create transitional affirmations is what I like to call them. So use your words carefully to make it sound like something that you can sort of buy into, right? That it's not a, it doesn't feel like a complete lie to you. So an example of this is I'm becoming dot, 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 rather than Mm. I am already. Mm. Yeah. Or every day I get better at dot, dot, dot. Yeah. Or each day I'm becoming more or little by little, I am getting closer to blank. Right. So you create this, this idea of transition and your brain is able to buy into it more. And it's like, okay, well, yeah, kind of, I am working on myself and I am trying to make progress and I am moving towards creating that change. And so you don't have that bullshit alarm. That's like, no, you're not. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which can be really helpful. So I recommend to everybody as just a a simple place to start is start using that reframing process in in your day. When you catch yourself having a thought or believing something or having a negative outlook or a criticism or a judgment about somebody else or about yourself or anything like that, any any type of thought that you feel like is not something that your higher self would entertain, reframe it. Mm -hmm. I forgive myself for thinking blank. I choose to believe that blank. And over time, the idea is to get as many reps in as possible with these new positive beliefs so you can deepen those neural pathways and create those as the path of least resistance. Because right now the path yeah. of least resistance is negativity, it's criticism, it's judgment, it's what's wrong, what needs to change, right? But we want our path of least resistance, our, our initial first option to be the optimism of what's going right. How can I shift this? How is this serving me? How could I look at this in a new way? How is this happening for me? Right. We want that to be our natural tendency. And, you know, I think there's some people that maybe are like, is that actually possible? Yes. The answer is yes. That is a really amazing tip. I love, I'm like a communications junkie. So like wording is 
really interesting to me. And I think that is a very important piece that we've never covered on this podcast ever. We've never heard. I feel like the 95% versus 5% of awareness thing, like you're 5% aware of everything that's really going on in your brain, just boggles my mind. That's so wild. We're trying to take control of our lives, but part of it is a balance of you got to be able to ebb and flow with because you can't always have control of everything kind of thing. Yeah. And I think a, a really good sort of representation of this idea of how the sub, the subconscious mind, I mean, the subconscious mind rules our, our actions and behaviors, right? So yeah. that's why you can consciously think something or know something, but not actually feel it or do it or respond to it physically, right? Like you could say, I know that it's bad that I criticize myself and I don't want to do that anymore. And I know that I'm good enough the way that I am. I know that I'm a great person. Why do I keep having these thoughts of that I'm not good enough or that I'm not smart enough or whatever? You can know whatever you want to know consciously. And knowing it consciously doesn't ultimately change that it keeps happening to you, does it? Yeah. It happens. And then you're like, oh, why did that happen again? Because your subconscious mind drove it forward. And then your conscious mind was like, hey, I thought I didn't want to do that anymore. But they're not, they're, they're not, there's no communication, right? They're not connected, mm. which I think is the place a lot of people where they feel stuck because yeah. they're like, I know, I know what I'm doing. I know that I'm doing this. I know it's wrong. I know it's bad. Like I want to stop, but I can't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and that's why, right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. when you think about how, how does the subconscious mind cr- control our actions and behaviors? The example that I always give is when you drive somewhere and you end up at the destination and you realize you were not even consciously thinking about how to get there the entire time that you were driving. Mm -hmm. You weren't even thinking, oh, turn left or break, stop, you know, red light, whatever. You were having whatever like daydream or thoughts in your own mind. And you're like, I don't even remember driving home, but Mm -hmm. somehow I'm home because your subconscious mind drove you home Mm -hmm. because you've run that route so many times. You knew all of the movements of your body and everything that had to happen in order to get you there. And you didn't have to consciously think about it or focus on it. Mm-hmm. So that's maybe something that helps people realize, oh yeah, like it it does work like that. 100%. Yeah. The idea of like being happy, what would you say are some common misconceptions of the things that people think that they need to be happy? And then you mentioned earlier that people just want a formula. And one of the questions we had, like, is there a formula to being happy? <laughs> are certain things that you should stay focused on? So I don't think there's a, a formula. Like I kind of mentioned, I think it's individual to everybody, yeah. right? Because if I gave you my job and my bank account and my boyfriend, <laughs> you might you might be like, no, like, yeah. you know, where, but I'm really happy here. Mm-hmm. I love it. I'm, I'm ecstatic about it. It's fulfilling to me. Obviously I have goals and aspirations of how I'm going to, you know, move forward and create more for myself, but this is a happy place for me. But if I were to hand it off and give it to you, you might be like, hell no. This isn't working. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a really good way to kind of think about there's no formula. But I think making sure that you are living your, that you feel like you are living in your life and you're not just working towards a life Mm -hmm. is a really important thing because a lot of us do. We just feel like when I have more money, when I have a partner or when I'm married or when I have kids or when I have this much savings or when I can go on vacation more, when I have less work hours, when, 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 then I'll be happy. And life doesn't work like that. Like 
when you have a marriage and you have kids and you have more money, you're going to have different, different challenges and different problems and different things that are consuming your mind and your time, right? It's like, we always think we're all, we're going to get to a place where we have more time and we have more freedom. And that's, that's the end goal. That's what keeps us grinding it out and suffering through the days because we're like, someday this is going to be worth it. Mm-hmm. It should be worth it now. You should be living your life now because you don't know what's down there, mm-hmm. right? In terms of how long you're going to live or if you're ever going to get there, sure. But also when you do get there, there's going to be new challenges and problems that maybe you didn't foresee and you don't have as much time as you thought that you would. Like, I really don't think that we ever arrive to the moment of being like, ah, here I yeah. am. Now I'm yeah. happy. It's done. We we don't ever get there because people can relate to this in terms of your goals. You think, once I'm a teenager, I'm going to be, I'm going to yeah. feel so cool. And yeah, then you're yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you're like, oh my God, middle school sucks. Once yeah. I'm in high school, that's going to be sick. And then you're in high school and you're like, F this, I want to go to college. Mm-hmm. Once I'm in college, life is going to be sweet. And then you go to college and, and then it's like, oh, when I get a job and then it's like, when I get married and when, whatever, it's always when, when, when everything stacks upon the next piece of the puzzle. So enjoying your life and feeling like you're living in your life now is really, really, really important. And I think if there were a formula to happiness, that would be a major piece of it is feeling like you have time and space and energy to live in your freaking life and not just serve other people or give your energy elsewhere and then take a little sliver that's left over from 8 to 10 p.m. and then go to bed and yeah, do it again. Yeah, And that's that's not everybody is willing to work like towards that. Mm -hmm. Not everybody is willing to figure out how can I actually create that? Because what you come up against when you try to do that is a lot of fears around safety and security Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. money and Mm -hmm. also relevancy and position and will I be respected and what will other people think of me and can I actually do that and who am I to do that and will this work? That's the shit that you come up against when you decide, I want to enjoy my life. Like I have one experience here. I want it to be fulfilling and exciting and inspiring. There's a lot of roadblocks to actually getting to that, which is why so many people choose not to do it. They, they just they would rather have that when, 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 when type of mindset and just you know keep chugging along in that way. And that's some people's journey. There's nothing wrong with that. And I hope people don't interpret this as you have to quit your job and start your own business in order Mm. to love your life. That's not my message. And I don't think that is true at all because I think there's a lot of people that would absolutely hate entrepreneurship Mm -hmm. and hate working for themselves. There's Mm -hmm. a whole other list of, of crap that comes along with that. So that's not necessarily the answer, but you do have to feel like you're living in your life and not just waiting for the moment when you can live in life. So- as we sort of start to wind down on our questions, is there anything on the topic of life and mindset and everything that you do in your life uh-huh. is, that we haven't covered that you want to bring to we the really forefront? I think one, one major topic that maybe we didn't cover that kind of does integrate into a lot of what we talked about of wanting to enjoy your life and be happy and you know create certain freedoms for yourself is the idea of money. And this is a, mm-hmm. a huge topic that I cover with my clients, money mindset. And yeah. I have a whole course on shifting your shifting your money mindset and really adopting the beliefs and habits that are going to help you 
be in a good space with your relationship to money and not always be stressed out about money and not having money be the thing that really controls your life. Because unfortunately, if we're honest with ourselves, for most of us, money is the thing that controls our life, Mm -hmm. right? Money is the thing that controls what we do or don't do. Money is the thing that controls the job that we have or don't have, Mm -hmm. right? Money is the thing that controls the experiences that we're able to create. Like we, we have to recognize that money is a huge factor in life. It is the currency of the world that we live in. Like everything operates on money. Everybody needs money. And there's a lot of emotionality built into money and what it represents and how it feels to have it and not have it and all of that. And so, you know, a major tip that I could just like leave the listeners with is If you have not explored your relationship to money and examined your subconscious programming around money, you need to go do that now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because it will change your life. I mean, it really does affect so many, yeah, all areas of your life where you live, what you do. Sometimes your relationship with other people, your relationship with yourself, your education. It really does touch upon everything. It's a huge part of your life. I believe there is such a thing as like the the phrase, more money, more problems do. So just because you have, if you do have the means at this point, but like you're still, your relationship with money, you should still explore your relationship with money because I I don't want people to think like, oh, I have a certain amount of money and I can do whatever I want with whatever I have. And I'm good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Lack Mm -hmm. lack mindset isn't about income level. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like you can have a lack mindset at any income level. You can be mega wealthy rich and have an unhealthy relationship with money. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, you know, there's 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 this storyline. There's I mean, it's relevant, right, that if you have a negative relationship with money, it will be more difficult for you to attract money or create uh, experiences or opportunities that allow you to bring in more money or for you to hold on to money. That's another big one for people is like they have this belief that they will always have enough but they don't have the belief that they will be in excess. And so having enough is the reality that they continue to create. Lots of money comes in, but lots of money goes out, whatever that means, whether it's through their own spending or through bills or for other things, right? So there's a lot of ways that this can, can affect people, but for sure, it's not about income level at all. And you know, even if you, you grew up with uh, a lot of money, like everything was taken care of for you. Like you didn't really have to worry. You went to a great school. You had all your supplies. You had new clothes. Like you had a, you had a great life. That doesn't mean that you have a great money mindset because there's such thing as toxic wealth mindsets and things that you believe to be true about money and what it provides or who has money and who doesn't, or how the people that have money treat each other or how they live their lives or the amount of time that they have or, you know, are they good people? Are they egoistic? Mm-hmm. Um, do they have trouble hanging on to good relationships? Is there infidelity when money is vol- involved? When people get too much money and too much power, what does that mean about them? You know, does it mean that you're not down to earth? 
if you have a certain income bracket, does it mean that you don't care about underserved populations or people mm. when you have a certain income level because you become so concerned about, you know, hanging on to your money? And God, there is a million stories that we subliminally create around money, regardless of how you grew up and what your income level is now. So it's not mm-hmm. about what you have or don't have. And I think it's so much more than, you know, when people think about money mindset, they might think, oh, I have a fine relationship with money. Like I have savings, I have a retirement account, like I spend within my means. Mm-hmm. It's not about that. Mm-hmm. There's so many stories below that. It's not just about your actions. It's like we said, the subconscious mind is exactly that. It's subconscious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's below your awareness. Tip of the iceberg. Tip, tip of the iceberg. Let's dive down. Literally. Down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And good, good I mean, tip. I mean, that's a whole other podcast yeah. in itself. <laughs> Thank you so much for chatting with us about yeah all of this, all of these goodies. So interesting and so many good tips. I think so oh, many for sure. Just and like like I said, I kept you keep saying all these things, and I'm like, oh my god, I relate so much, and I'm just like, the millennial <laughs> in me is just you know thriving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so lots of good tips. And as long as um, there's nothing else that you want to touch upon, I think it's a good time to move into our peachy clean segment. If you've had a chance to maybe think about something you want to come clean about. <laughs> yeah. So I think the thing that I, that I'm going to come clean about, cause I think it's ironic is, you know, I have, uh, I'm a coach and I have this course that's called from burnt out to badass. Mm-hmm. And last week I felt myself spiraling towards burnout. Mm. And I was like, oh my God, this cannot be happening. Mm. (laughs) I cannot be burning myself out in my career of helping other people (laughs) not be burnt out. You know, it was so ironic. And so I caught myself in this this space of being way overcommitted and having too much on my plate and not Mm. honoring myself fully and not eating well enough and not moving my body and not Mm. having routines in place that were really going to serve my energy and bring up my vibration. And these are all the things that I teach people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I caught myself and I took the weekend off of everything. And I was like, I need to get sorted and, and rework myself. And I, I built out a new routine for myself. And I have been so much better this week and feeling so much more energized and so much more on point and so much more protected in my energy with just, you know, certain boundaries that I've created in my calendar and yeah. what I commit to yeah, and all that kind of stuff. So I think that's my, that's my come clean moment is, yeah, yeah I, I still, uh, I still struggle. <laughs> you still got it. Well, I feel like you're human, right? Yeah. And even when you hit that point, when you figure out what works, most likely you will deviate because you're human and you'll, or you'll change and your needs will change and you'll have to readjust and your business is taking off and that's going to create some more challenges that you need to navigate as you, you know, as you grow Mm -hmm. and things. And sometimes that's boundaries. Sometimes that's taking a vacation to reset or whatever. But I think normalizing the idea that like once we make it, once we make it, quote unquote, once you find what makes you happy, you won't, it's not like you're, it's you're smooth for sailing yeah, for the rest of life. It's just, it's you know, a practice. yeah, it's yeah, a practice. Enjoying mm-hmm. your life and creating happiness and fulfillment is a practice. It's not a destination or one and done type yeah. thing for sure. Well, <laughs> now you're all peachy now clean. Now you're all peachy clean. Yes. I love that. And I love the idea of like, 
you go through that and then you're like, I still got it. I feel, mm-hmm. I feel so much better this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, thank you so much for carving out some time to chat with us about all of um, like life and mindset and, you know, just putting time into yourself. Like, yeah, it, this has been a lovely conversation. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Do you want to roll through where people can find you and connect with you? Sure. Yeah. You guys can come hang out with me on Instagram. That's like the major platform where I love to be and show up. So you can follow me at underscore Samantha Daily. And then you can check out my website, samanthadaily.com. I actually have a brand new website coming soon. It'll be the same. Uh, it'll be the same address, but it is looking a lot fancier and a lot cooler. So hopefully that'll be, yes. that'll be done <laughs> soon. And that's where you guys will be able to get all the information about me and my story and my courses and coaching and things that I offer. So I think with, with those two um, places, you'll be set. Also, I have a podcast of my own. It's called Makeshift Happen. And if you guys want some more content like this, you know, around life and mindset stuff, mm-hmm. around self-love, around boundaries, around money, a lot of the topics that we cover, I have episodes on, especially around manifestation, all that kind of stuff. So go check out the podcast and see if there's anything for you that you can learn. Definitely go check out all of Samantha's goodies. And as always, we will put all of it in the show notes below. So definitely check out all of her links and go connect with her. All right, Peaches, thank you so much for joining us for another episode. Thank you to Sam for taking some time to chat with us. Such good stuff. Be sure to give her some love as well as give us some love at Let's Talk underscore Peaches on Instagram. Subscribe to us on all the podcasting platforms. But we have come out with new uh, episodes every Monday, so be sure to tune back in. We'll see you next week. Bye, Peaches. Bye, Peaches. Bye, Peaches. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>